Welcome back to the Kiwi Wedding Podcast. My name is Lydia and I am a wedding photographer based in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland. If you're not already, give us a follow on Instagram at the Kiwi Wedding Podcast and you can follow me at Lydia Rachel Photo. Today on the podcast, we have the lovely Charlotte. I was super excited to chat with her and I had followed her for a long time as she used to be a wedding photographer herself. She now works in more of the design space, but I always admired her work and I knew when I saw her own wedding pop up that it'd be great to chat to her, having that perspective of working in the industry and then being a bride herself. And I was not wrong. There is so much amazing advice and great tips in this one. I know you're going to love it so much. She chats through some of the struggles she had when planning, the journey to finding her dress, things that surprised her even after having worked in the space for so long. And yeah, like I said, just so many incredible tips. So make sure you listen right through to this one and enjoy episode 23 with Charlotte. Hi Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, oh my gosh, this is so exciting, a little bit nervous. <laughs> You're going to be great, I'm so excited to chat. To start off with, I might actually get you to give a little bit of context because you are recently married but you also used to work in the wedding industry as well. So maybe if you can tell us a little bit about that, how you got into it and yeah, sort of your journey to where you are now. Sure. Well, kia ora everyone. Um, my name is Charlotte. Um, I'm based down in Otatahi, Christchurch. So, um, yeah, I used to be a wedding photographer uh, by day. I'm a graphic designer. I work as um, the design director for a brand studio that we have um, studios in Auckland and Christchurch. Um, so that's kind of my Monday to Friday. And then when I was studying quite a few years ago now, I... Um, picked up photography as a hobby and that very naturally progressed into somehow finding myself in the wedding world as you do um and I just spent about six years of my life doing that as like a side hustle um which I loved but it became quite full-on near the end there just with working a full-time job as well and ultimately had to kind of make a call on what I was going to like fully commit to but I loved my time in the industry. I think weddings as a whole are just like such a beautiful time in people's lives. And it was so cool to just meet wonderful people from all over New Zealand. Um, I got to travel to some really cool places with it. And I think I learned a lot about myself during that process. So there was a lot of kind of transferable skills into other parts of my life. And it actually proved relatively handy when <laughs> planning my own wedding. So yeah. That is me. I yeah, still have some really great friends in the industry. It's just such a beautiful community to be a part of. Um, yeah. Oh, so cool. I used to love following along with your work. So beautiful. And yeah, it's bittersweet that people can't book you anymore. But um, yeah, I'm sure all your couples <laughs> are stoked they got in with you while they could. I feel like there's so much talent in New Zealand, for, for particularly in photography. We just have the best landscape ever to work with and so I it was a hard to leave but I do feel like there were so many wonderful people and options out there I'm sure it wasn't a big loss <laughs> and um yeah a cool perspective to have um when it came to planning your own wedding for sure to have seen a bit of the behind the scenes and yeah I'm sure that gave you a lot of insight 
Um, but yeah, to go back and start with, Will, um, I'll get you to tell me a bit about you and your partner, how you guys met and yeah, your life together. Sure, we met a long time ago, actually. Um, ben and I were actually the old high school sweethearts. So um, he was the year above me in school, but we were actually in the same graphics class in our fin- my, um, his final year and I was year 12 at the time. Um, and he was also a mutual family friend of one of my best mates. So we naturally bumped into each other and, um, yeah, it kind of hit it off, really. He asked me to the ball. Um, I said yes, and we've been together since I was 16. He was 17. So um, we've been together for, I think it must be 14 years now. Um, it was really cute. He, like, took me out on this 17-year-old first date, which was picking me up in his Nissan Toronto um, from my parents' place and taking me up to kind of the Canterbury High Country, and we had, like, Subway in the back of his truck. Um, it was, like, winter at the time, so we went ice skating on, like, a little lake up there at the time, and then, yeah, the rest is history. And it still makes me laugh thinking about um, how that day played out because he was dropping me home, and my mum invited him in for a roast meal for dinner and then he just wouldn't leave and <laughs> we were like staying up watching a movie on the couch and I think it was like one in the morning or two in the morning and I had to like sneak into my mum and stepdad's bedroom and be like what do I do he's not leaving <laughs> and they um were like oh just get him a blanket out of the cupboard and he can sleep on the couch so he actually stayed the night on our first date <laughs> as teenagers which um still makes me chuckle but pretty much from that point on we have been together ever since so he um works as a builder he uh works for a company that kind of specializes in energy efficient high performing architectural homes so he's um really on board with that and currently is building us a home as well in his spare time which there's not a lot of that um yeah and he as a person is kind of more of the cool calm collected he's a little bit more introverted than I am he's really great with people but kind of being around people drains his social battery whereas I'm a bit more of like the loud extroverted I love socializing love being around people and so yeah so cool such a cute story and um yeah it's like you've kind of grown up together been together for years I love that (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty can you um tell us a bit about the proposal story and how all that went down sure (laughs) oh my gosh like firstly it was a very long overdue proposal in terms of like our family and friend circles it was we were kind of that couple that were like the butt of everybody's teasing and jokes of like hurry up when's it gonna happen you guys have been together forever and my friends used to crack me up would you know be out for dinner or something like that and I'd sort of Uh, being up in the corner and try and put some pressure on him but um ultimately like he's very much the kind of person that um he decides things on his terms and when he's ready and so um we just wanted to I think be in a position where we could actually do the wedding that we wanted to do and we um it was quite important I think particularly for being for us to like own a home first and do some travel and you know take some of those life stages off before we uh, thought about a wedding and we just know I think with my um, being in the industry I was able to have a bit of an understanding of costs and things like that and 
we just weren't at the stage earlier on where we could kind of afford to do what we would want. So after 12 years of being together, um, <laughs> he finally made it a priority to want to um, proposed to me and it's quite a funny story in the end because there were a few failed attempts which I didn't know about until afterwards but essentially um he in terms of like a ring situation I think he felt quite a lot of pressure with um, I'm quite fussy in terms of what I like and he is so just such a chiller real Kiwi bloke has would have no idea how to kind of tackle that and so what I'd actually said to him is don't even worry about a ring. Um, we can design a ring together once we're engaged kind of thing. Um, but he had actually had a ring under the bed for six months, which was, um, we call it like a placeholder ring. He had remembered that I'd loved this cocktail style ring from um, a place up in Auckland and he had bought it and put it under the bed and um, had decided to propose with that. And then we would get one made when we got engaged. So um, a few of the failed attempts kind of looked like uh, a waterfall walk one day where um, I was being snobby and probably didn't want to wear a jacket. And he decided um, to have the ring in his jacket pocket. And then I got cold and he had to give me his jacket. <laughs> So I was actually wearing the ring in the jacket pocket at the time and he was quite nervous about that. But then when we actually got to the waterfall, there were people there. He's very private. I'm quite private too. And um, he just decided, no, we need to be by ourselves. So that was one of the failed attempts. Um, the second one was uh, we had some family photos done for my mum's um, I think it was my mum's birthday or something and we'd organised as siblings to kind of do a family photo shoot with one of my friends Susie down here and um, he had brought the ring along to the family photo shoot and he'd said to me we were just getting some photos of us together and he's like oh like what do you think it would would you want to get engaged here or something and I was like mm, no I don't think so I think I don't think so and he was like oh okay then and I had no idea that he would have done it if I'd said yes um and had the opportunity for some photos and stuff of it but ultimately how it sort of played out in the end was it was our 12 year anniversary we um decided to go back up to the spot where we went on our first date um which was kind of it's in the Lake Colorado area in Canterbury um and it was I think I did have a feeling that something was going to happen because he was very specific about wanting to go on a particular day, even though the weather looked better on the other day. And we got up in the morning and told his parents um, where we were going. And we live with his parents at the moment while we're building our house. And his mother was just the most adorable, <laughs> flustered. She just like was so hopeful that it would happen that day. And she started running around the kitchen and packing us a um, like a little bag to with some cookies and some Milo and stuff. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's making this so obvious that she thinks this is going to happen today. Um, so we drove up there, the road was closed, Ben drove around the closed road sign. Um, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I think he's determined something's happening today. Um, and then we did like about a 45 minute walk around to a lake called Lake Ida. 
and um, honestly, we didn't see a single soul all day. It was this like winter, foggy, cold day, not a person around and we were just native birds. And we arrived at the lake and I just remember like looking down and being like, whoa, this is so beautiful. Um, and then I kind of was expecting him, I think, to do it there and he didn't. And then we walked around the other side, set up a little picnic, had our Milo and our little cookies and um and we were probably there for a good 45 minutes and then I started overthinking I was like it's not happening I've made a big thing of this and it's it's not even gonna be a thing um and then I was like oh oh well let that go and he got up and walked across to the lake edge um and then he turned around and looked at me and he was like you look really content and I was like I am and then he came over um and he was like do you want your anniversary present? And I was like, oh, did you get me a present? And he um, got a ring out of his pocket and he said, will you marry me? And I said, no. <laughs> but I was joking, obviously. Um, and I reckon it was the weirdest kind of sensation to have something highly anticipated come along. And then it finally happened and it was kind of like this weird, like, whoa, I don't quite know how to feel. And it probably wasn't until five or ten minutes later where it was, like, really sunk in. Um, I was just, like, very emotional and excited and I wanted to know all the details of how this had, like, come about. Um, and so we spent the walk back kind of talking about all his failed attempts. There were a couple more in there, but um, talking about those and how we wanted to tell the people that we loved and... Yeah, that was probably something I didn't think about a lot. You know, you kind of focus on the proposal, but actually that flow on time afterwards was probably the highlight of being able to tell our families and our friends and surprise them and like share in that celebratory time with them was just something I like, it's one of my favorite memories about that whole scenario. Um, and yeah, we just have the best group of people who made such a big thing of it and we celebrated kind of all week and it was, I, one of my best friends who was a bridesmaid she was working in the city at the time not far from me and I just like went to work to surprise her and tell her and then like, I just had this thing in my head that I wanted to tell people in person so yeah I was darting all over the city that week <laughs> telling people yeah so exciting to just like share with everyone after and celebrate love that it was the best. And so you had obviously been to a lot of weddings at this point. So were you, um, did you already have like a vision and specific like style in mind of what you wanted for your wedding? And yeah, where did you go from there um, with yeah, choosing your venue, all of that? <laughs> That's so funny. Like, I feel like lots of people would say to me, knowing that I used to be a photographer, were like, oh, you must know exactly what you want to do for your wedding Everyone um, says that. <laughs> which I didn't um until we actually got engaged and we started to talk about it and think about that but yeah I think one thing I did notice like being within the industry for a few years is things do change and stuff I didn't want to get too set on a, a dream necessarily um because I just know that it, yeah things can change and yeah I had no idea about a dress or anything like that so um yeah Pretty quickly after getting engaged, I think um, the discussions of where we would get married were like kind of the first things. And we very quickly landed on Wanaka um, as our spot. Like we um, go down there pretty much every summer, 
if not more, during the year. One of my best friends um, was so fortunate to have access to her family batch down there. So we just spent a lot of time down there in general. Um, and we loved the idea that having a wedding outside of Christchurch would mean that our families and friends could travel and kind of make a weekend or a week of it, which was so cool because um, it actually ended up happening. Um, it was also some um, somewhere that I felt quite excited to get married in terms of like I hadn't shot like shot a lot of weddings down there. I'd done a couple in Queenstown, but it just, I, I really had in my head that I wanted somewhere I hadn't photographed it before. So <laughs> it was like a prerequisite. Um, and then I think in terms of like a general vibe, we really pictured an outdoor wedding with mountains where um, I just love the hills. They're timeless. It's really reflective of New Zealand um, and the South Island in particular. And I just, I don't know, that's just what I had in my head and Ben was the same. Um, we we decided on autumn because we're both run a bit hot. And so a mid, mid winter, uh, sorry, a mid-summer wedding probably wasn't really... Um, up our alley and we we also had like the craziest summer of weddings and events lining up already so um, we sort of tapped on to the end of the season and at the end of March when we had like initial discussions around like what we wanted or what we visualized for our wedding we had like this idea in our heads and we both agreed that it would be just so cool to create a super relaxed and comfortable environment where I guess we'd come along and they would be enjoying the sunshine hopefully with an afternoon cocktail in hand and have live music playing and share a banquet style dinner and then dance under the stars like that was kind of the rough flow that we were working towards in terms of an environment or a vibe that we wanted to create and so I think when we um, were looking around venues we uh, when we arrived at Dublin Bay I think we both immediately felt there was something there that we could work with and just could picture how that feeling would come to life there it was just the most gorgeous little private spot in Monica it has it was it's quite a blank canvas venue so it's got two sort of levels to it where um on the top level is just plain grass with a beautiful lookout over the lake and the hills and that's sort of like the ceremony spot um but then down you kind of go down some stairs and there's a big grass area with a stone um fireplace and a built like a built-in bar and the rest is just grass so you can bring in a marquee and things um so it just it kind of ticked all the boxes we were able to bring things in and create an event that suited us but it also had like some logistical wins like there were toilets already there water hooked up a bar so yeah it just was a nice mix um of that I think like what we really tried to strive for was creating this really cool mix of it being like a fun and relaxed wedding but that also meant something that was really a well-executed beautiful event that our guests would arrive and be like wow this is like really well thought out and um I'm hoping that's what we did I feel like uh, we did and it was just yeah so fun um and I also had what I found quite helpful was at the start um I had these three key words based on the chats that we'd had, it was like, what are these core pillars of our wedding that like will help us guide us into our decision-making? And those words were emotive, fun and stylish. So it kind of spoke to like, on an emotional level, I really wanted us to be, you know, embracing doing really meaningful vows and not like rushing through a ceremony or anything like that and having key people involved. Um, and then 
from a fun point of view is things like music and food and just like a laid back environment and then I think the designer and creative in me just ultimately wanted something that looked really beautiful as well so those were kind of our three main um, parts and I guess stylistically they ended up being um, sort of a went for a contemporary chic kind of vibe but I, I was really conscious that I didn't want our um, wedding to date too much so like how you could still achieve quite a timeless look that we can look back on years to come at photos and things or like if we have children our children can look at and you know it's not cringe <laughs> um so yeah that was kind of what we worked to I, I'm being a visual person I very quickly like got on the computer and was making mo a mood board basically to guide the um yeah aesthetic of the wedding and how it would bring in florals and things like that so cool for people to hear about um I think that's a really good idea like thinking of three words or yeah like the pillars you say to sort of help um guide your you and all your decisions so you've kind of talked about a few things there but what were the most um important elements or top priorities when it came to like vendors and stuff I'm gonna say photography and design maybe but <laughs> I mean yeah you're not wrong <laughs> I I actually if I'm being really honest I found this quite hard because I found everything a priority <laughs> which was hard because we were definitely working to a budget and I just wanted all the things um but I I think what what we did do when we got engaged was sit down and we each said what our top three kind of spend items that we felt were important to each of us were and so beans were like um venue slash location food and drinks and he actually said photography which surprised me but I think he just knew the importance of it based on me having done it as well um and I think mine was similar um but maybe instead of like the food and booze aspect I thought um what we were wearing was more important in terms of spend or well actually food and booze is quite a big portion of the budget so that um, in terms of priority I would say yeah I thought um, what we were wearing was um, quite a priority as well. In terms of photography like I Danelle was actually the first vendor we contacted out of the entire process and we basically booked our wedding date around her availability um, and I just loved I think she's one photographer that um I sort of have a personal connection with her. I went to, when I first started photography, I went to one of her workshops to kind of learn from her. And then I just love her look and her personality, everything about her, I just think is, she's such a beautiful person. Um, and I didn't find it hard to choose. I just knew that I wanted her. And so I reached out to her straight away. Um, and that was awesome. Um, I didn't necessarily want to allow in the budget for a um, like a full-on wedding video, but another good friend of mine through the industry, Anna, has been doing um, these beautiful Super 8 wedding films, um, and I just asked her if she would want to come down and just do film and not photography, and she was actually booked at the time, but luckily, I don't know what happened, but she had the cancellation on our date and so like six months and she messaged and said I'm now free and I would love to come down and so for me that was just so awesome to have 
a photography and video duo there that were people that I loved in general but also I just they would probably be my top two picks if I was getting married um with photography anyway so it was just the most perfect outcome um one important thing we both decided on quite early on was that we felt it would be important to have a coordinator um and I'm not sure if there's like yeah how what the difference between kind of full wedding planning or styling and coordination but um we sort of booked in Alex down in Monica for a um, styling and coordination package and the reason we did that was we really didn't want to be asking our kind of friends and family on the wedding week slash day to be doing all the setup and pat down for us um it's just so much work we wanted we really wanted our guests to be able to relax and enjoy it so um I think that's where wedding coordinators and planners just uh invaluable is like not only were was she able to give us guidance of um getting married out of town and what the good local vendors and stuff to use would be but it was just that logistical element on the wedding week um taking over comms with vendors to kind of manage the logistics side of things and then like the whole wedding was set up and um we didn't have to worry about that and I just yeah I would recommend that to anybody um in terms of a priority it just saves so much stress um I'm gonna list off a lot of <laughs> priorities here but the next one I um I felt quite important from like a more of a stylistic kind of lens was um florals and I just ever since shooting I just always felt and this could be my personal preference but they just stand out so much as and they speak so, so much for themselves that you don't need a lot else if the flowers are really um beautiful so I absolutely fell in love with um Little Botanica's work down in um I think she's based out of Queenstown but travels to Wanaka quite a lot and she's just like the most incredible talented florist and I just said to her um I think she had the mood board of our wedding and it was basically free reign from there I just tried not to like overdo that process and it's so dependent on what's in season and what's available and you know we had the week of the wedding I think initially we were supposed to have um some kind of wedding flowers for our bouquets but she actually couldn't get them at the auction they weren't available so we just had to roll with the next best option and I I just love that I could trust her to um do that and she absolutely nailed it I was blown away and loved loved it and yeah that's kind of was some of our top priorities one thing I think that was ended up being a bit of a bonus that we didn't really think about or know about when we were planning is our venue was actually a BYO venue which was so great for being able to kind of save costs on um, booze but it also meant that we um, decided to do like a cocktail hour and we could bring in our own spirits and ingredients for that and the bar staff were able to make um, Moscow mules and a gin bramble um, for really reasonable um, pricing and it was just such a hit with the guests um, and ended up being a real highlight and they we thought they might last a couple of hours but they ended up lasting most of the night and it was so fun just seeing like mum and dad and running around with cocktail in hand and everyone being really happy and enjoying a cocktail in the sun so that ended up being kind of a nice little surprising element um, 
there as well. So cool. Love a custom cocktail and um, so much great advice there. Um, handing over sort of the reins to a coordinator on the day, like super helpful and really good one for people to consider. And yeah, I think you just have so much visual eye like in terms of the florals and everything so yeah choosing the right vendors and then yeah executing it to all fit into your vision that's so cool so can you tell me a bit about um yeah both your wedding outfits and yeah did you have an idea of like the dress you wanted for a while can talk a bit about that yeah I um I had no idea what I um and I absolutely loved the dress that I ended up ended up wearing, but I, I will say it was a bit of a journey to get there in terms of um, like the process of finding one and getting one made. And it was probably the only part of the wedding that I actually felt quite stressed about. And I learned a lot about myself at the time. So I'm super happy to share kind of how that all came about because I'm, I, I think I was a little bit disheartened at the beginning that I didn't get like, all the good feels about wedding dresses and things so um I'll start by saying I actually chose to embark on the dress like choosing my dress by myself which is probably quite a non-traditional or not not the usual way to do it um and I think like looking back probably the reasons were I I have the most beautiful kind beautiful friends and um so it wasn't a fear of like them being involved in that process necessarily but I think I wasn't super confident in myself at the time and I was quite maybe a bit embarrassed that like you go into a boutique and they only carry a very limited range of sizes and I think I was a bit nervous or embarrassed that I might not fit what was there um and also I don't know if I was quite ready to be up for a bunch of opinions at that stage when I actually just didn't know at all what I was wanting and probably more the kind of person who feels confident enough to decide what I do and don't like and then maybe show people at a later date so I just had this kind of mix of things which meant that it just felt right to start that journey by myself first and get a little bit um, across it before I involve people and um, I felt quite guilty about that at times but Equally, I think that was like the right decision. I um, I started out by trying a few dresses on and I went up to Auckland for a couple of work trips. So I used those trips to go and try on some dresses up there. And I also um, tried some of them down here in Christchurch. But I think what I found is that a lot I felt didn't suit my like body shape or type necessarily um, or that the ones that did or that were maybe built for more curvier bodies weren't stylistically what I was looking for and like how how do you kind of meet this thing in the middle where it's like both flattering but it also makes you feel really good in terms of a look as well so I just I think that was a bit hard to go into a, a place and then to be like oh well we don't actually you probably won't fit um, the sample sizes but we can like clip it at the back and it will give you an idea of what it looks like so um, <laughs> I went through a bit of this headspace at that time and I was like I don't like myself <laughs> um, because yeah I just felt that it wasn't a super inclusive experience necessarily and it, I just I can't help but think of all the people that it would have 
probably had a similar experience or that are excluded from some of those experiences and I didn't go to every place so I'm not saying it's reflective of every place and actually I had the most amazing experience with Izzy from Paper Swan down here in Christchurch she is honestly like such an angel um and I went in there by myself um and I expressed that I was a bit nervous and um she was just wonderful she was very honest that she didn't think that any of those dresses were the ones for me like she didn't try to sell me anything that wasn't right and I actually showed her at the time there was one I had saved on my um Instagram or Pinterest or something of a style that I was quite drawn to and I showed her a picture and she was like oh my gosh you should absolutely get that made and when you do come back and show me and you can do a try on with your friends and stuff and we actually did do that which was is such a cool little roundabout story but um I can I can say a little bit more about that later um but yeah so anyway that kind of leads me to going down a bespoke path I um had this dress saved for years on my um kind of Instagram saved and I just kept going back to it it was a low kind of v-neck with a cap sleeve um and I just I think I knew it would suit my body shape and size like size and the um, I'm slightly bigger busted so I wanted something that would be really like flattering and comfortable on the day so kept coming back to this dress and then I was scrolling Instagram in the lounge one day and I saw that a bride up in the North Island had worn a very similar style so I messaged her and I was like oh you look so beautiful on your wedding day like have you considered selling your dress um and she was like oh no I haven't um but I I think I'd be up for it and she ended up couriering it down to Christchurch for me to try on which I just think thank you to her she that is so kind and um like not many people would probably be up for <laughs> up for that but she let me try it on um it didn't quite fit me right I was a bit bigger in the bust and um needed a bit more support and things but uh it was such a stunning dress and I think that just gave me the confidence to be like right I need to get something like this made but it's for me and my body type um and so I chose to work with Vinca in Auckland um, to do a custom dress um, and I how that worked was I just used um, trips that I would be up there for work and used those um, trips to go in and get measured and do fittings but it, it was actually much less than I thought it would be like um, I think I was in maybe four times total like one for me measurement or consult then measurements and then like two fittings before a final fitting um, so it was very achievable actually being out of town um, and just managing that in with um, some trips for work. The the downside I think of it is that you actually only see your dress like in my case two weeks before the wedding so I had no idea kind of what the finished outcome would be like so you really are um, you know you need to trust the people that are making it and um, yeah it was pretty nervous going in for that final fitting to see how it would all come together but Thankfully, I really liked it. And what I did end up doing is, um, as I mentioned before, with Izzy down in Paper Swan, when I brought it back to Christchurch with me, I thought I'd flick her an email and just be like, hey, I know you mentioned this, like, not sure if you were fully serious, but I actually went ahead and got this made. Would you like to see it? And um, she was just the biggest honey. She was like, come on in on Saturday, bring who you want. Um, she did the bubbles. She did the, yeah. Um, reveal and she put me in the dress and then my 
um, four bridesmaids and mother-in-law and mum were there and we kind of made a thing of it and went out for dinner afterwards and I just felt so excited to wear it after that so um, yeah I don't regret kind of going down that journey um, by myself I still had that really beautiful moment with the girls and stuff afterwards um, I will say that like going getting the bespoke dress made ended up being more than what we would were hoping to spend on a wedding dress but um despite Ben being very very chill and saying that he would absolutely just marry me in a paper bag he was so cute throughout that process and just said that he wanted me to feel the absolute best um and he even offered to come to a few fittings with me knowing that I was really anxious and nervous about it um and so he just wanted me to have the dress that made me feel good and we agreed to sell it afterwards because it ended up costing a bit more than we hoped yeah it's very hard not to like honestly there's so many styles that I'm like they're beautiful like it's so hard to pick um something um for Ben and the boys we just uh, wanted something that looked really timeless and classic so very quickly landed on um black suits and he <laughs> he's like a bit of a sweater and runs a bit hot so he was he wanted to purchase one that was um merino and that would allow like the fabric would breathe so that he didn't get too hot um but we just hired the rest of the groomsmen suits um and then for the girls I <laughs> we did a lot of DIY elements in the end <laughs> um but I'd seen these amazing um, Camilla remarked dresses online but they were just so pricey and there was no way that we could make that work um, so we ended up I bought some fabric and we got them made through like a friend of a friend um, and I just loved them in the end I just had this picture in my head that because my dress was quite full-on and detailed and textured that they would the girls would be in these full-length kind of minimal um, strap kind of gowns and so um, once I got approval from them that they would all be happy kind of wearing that uh, we just went and got them made and it was such a fun process. Nice for them to have something fully tailored for their size as well. Yeah my sister ended up um, wearing her bridesmaid's dress like just a couple of weeks ago to the races and just restyled it with like um, yeah hairdo and a black handbag and things and she looks so cute. Cool for people to hear your whole journey with your dress as well I think that a lot of brides will relate to that so thanks for sharing that how was the whole choosing process with your bridal party and who did you have in it did you find that quite easy luckily yes <laughs> um yeah that was one of the kind of no-brainer decisions in the end um for the most part Ben had his um two best mates and his younger brother and then I had um three of my best girl girl mates and my younger sister um so actually initially I didn't ask my sister and it was not necessarily for wanting to have like even numbered bridal parties but more we were just still in that phase of trying to figure out how we would involve key people and I hadn't quite decided how um, Lily would be involved at that point but ultimately like I couldn't really picture her not being up there with us and um it was actually probably one of the best decisions we made in terms of like a meaningful decision with the wedding I think she was just so thrilled to be asked and it's actually brought us a lot closer we've got um eight eight years between us in terms of an age gap so it, she was really involved and got to like meet 
and hang out with my friends a lot more and it just was the coolest time and she was so cute leading up to the wedding like she would think the week of she I had like a message every day into my inbox with a photo from our childhood um and it was like to my sister who taught me how to read and it would be like a photo of us me reading her a book when she was like a toddler and stuff like that so I just honestly can't imagine that she was wasn't a bridesmaid in the end so um yeah so glad I asked her um one thing we didn't do was have a maid of honor or a best man um and I think I don't know we just didn't feel super strongly about needing to have someone I think it's like if there's a really clear person then that can be a really nice way to show them how special they are to you but we we just didn't and we just wanted everybody to be kind of involved and um, it actually worked out quite well we gave people different roles so like in the bridesmaids um, there was Natalie, Lexi, Leisha and my sister Lily Um, and for example Natalie who is our absolute food queen and ultimate chef she was kind of in charge of um, cooking us a beautiful dinner the night before the wedding Um, and then I had her sit beside me at the reception and then Lexi who's she's my kind of stylistic creative queen um so her kind of job was around making sure that my dress was sitting good during the ceremony um and that all the kind of elements were looking good and uh she stood beside me at the ceremony and then leash is just like this amazing cool as a cucumber very rational thinker and she was our um timekeeper and kind of just like made sure everything was running to time. She drove me to the wedding in the end. Um, And so I just had this beautiful mix of people to be around. So cool. Nice to give them all um, special roles as well. And yeah, I feel like there doesn't need to be this like hierarchy necessarily. So that's a cool way to do it. (laughs) And what about the guest list? How did you find that? Was that quite a difficult process narrowing it down? I think not as much as we were anticipating, which was kind of nice in the end. I, you know, I think time and time again, you just hear that that is like the hardest or one of the hardest parts that people find during the planning process. And we do come from quite large families and things. So we were like anticipating that it was going to be a bit of a tricky decision. But I think when we did our initial sit down and like everyone who popped to mind wrote them down, it was only around like the 130, 140 number. And we were like, okay, that's actually not too bad. We knew we wanted to sit more around 115. Um, And so we kind of came and revisited it a few times over the months and just kind of um, swapped things in and around. And we we decided not to do um, cousins on two of our family side because there's a lot of cousins. Whereas on my dad's side, I have four and we've kind of grown up quite closely together. So that was probably one of the harder decisions was choosing not to do all of our cousins. That was kind of what would push the numbers a bit higher. Um, but yeah, we I think we had one 13 on the day in the end um, and invited one hundred and fifteen, I think. Um, and I think one of the best things we did was actually, I sort of mentioned it before, but revisiting the guest list over the space of a few months was really good like I think rather than just writing down the list and then sending out the save the dates it gave us time to see how like new friendships were developing and um 
ponder decisions that were maybe a little trickier. So I, I would recommend that to anybody if you've got the time to just like allow yourself the space to sit on decisions. And um, we also invited people last minute. Like we had a, a few people not be able to come and we were like, awesome. Like, well, so sad we <laughs> that you guys aren't coming. But like to give other people the call up, um, we just thought if we were in that position, like it's such an honour to go to a wedding, we would be so thrilled. And we've had that happen to us before. So we we did the same and just filled those seats with um, people that were kind of sitting in the wings that we love. That's great advice. Love that. And so can you tell us about the big day? How did it go down? And yeah, any favourite moments? Oh my gosh, like the whole week is quite like this happy blur of fun. Like it was just... We actually all went down there, um, our families went down there to Wanaka on either the Monday or the Tuesday and we were, our wedding was on the Friday and we just made a thing of the whole week, which was so cool. Like in hindsight, I'm so glad we did that. Um, on the Tuesday night, we had a family dinner at um, a Mexican restaurant in Wanaka. And so my family is a split family. My mum and dad um, separated when I was really young. So I've got two sides of the family there and then Ben's family who I've been uh, part of for a long time so we got everyone together for like a dinner and it was really special um I've got like two little half siblings and then my other two half siblings that are older so just bringing all of that group together and seeing how those interactions happened were just it was really special um and then on the Wednesday uh night sort of the Wednesday all the bridal party started to arrive so we did um I think Ben went jet boating with the boys and me and the girls went out to a restaurant for dinner and just had a girls night. Um, and the reason I did it on the Wednesday is I was just trying to anticipate like if any curveballs happened on the day before that we weren't doing anything locked into anything too big. And um, so did that on the Wednesday. And then the night before the wedding was um, more of our kind of chill, took off some admin, um, Natalie made like this amazing lamb dish with like a beautiful salad and um we the intention was to have a like a movie night and watch um I think it was like bridesmaids or something like that um but the <laughs> the night ended up being a bit of a flop because we ran out of hot water um so I ended up having a shower going around to Ben's accommodation and seeing him I was really anxious and I just like I think I was looking for any excuse to go and see him so I ended up background at their house for a shower um I had a really like funny tummy I was excited it was almost like anxious anticipation um but my tummy was so funny and I like literally got no sleep I was up and down in the bathroom all night and yeah it was um but then on the day you kind of wake up the weather was beautiful which was always it's always a relief um and it was I loved like in terms of highlights um the morning getting ready with the girls was one of them like it just was this wholesome relaxed vibe I had um my hairdresser from Christchurch Michelle came down and um the makeup artist Cass was also from Christchurch and I'd met them a few times before so between having them there and Danelle and Anna shooting it was just this really beautiful mix of people and just created this really awesome energy which I loved and mum ducked in and out in between getting her hair and makeup done and she was on a bit of food for the morning so it was really nice having her there we then had to get to the wedding which we hadn't really thought through the logistics super well on that part um 
we'd hired this little convertible car for like 300 bucks um and then like the night before I was like oh yeah I probably don't want to drive 20 minutes to the venue in a convertible car when I've had my hair done in a veil necessarily so um we ended up taking my little grey Mazda to the wedding <laughs> and I drove that um with leash like the whole way there and then met my dad at the driveway to hop in the convertible car so it was quite entertaining and I was very nervous on that drive um yeah but then the next thing that kind of sticks out to me is just that the ceremony as a whole like is just I always loved it as a photographer and I absolutely loved our own one as well but just being able to like arrive there and see everybody seated and like being standing kind of in the distance I was like oh my gosh this is so exciting um my dad was just the most adorable blubbering mess um he was walking me up the aisle sniffling away and I, I just it was so much more emotional than I ever anticipated like I, I'm a, I'm quite an emotive person and I was a bit nervous about being overly like crying but it actually just wasn't a thing on the day it was like happiness emotion few te- like happy tears and just seeing Ben for the first time was like honestly the most special thing he was really <laughs> actually his whole the whole bridal party and stuff was super emotional it was just beautiful um we did a couple of things differently for our ceremony, which I really loved. Um, we, the celebrant that we chose, we um, chose to have a surprise ceremony. So what we'd done was gone away separately and answered a bunch of questions from our celebrant and then just said, surprise us on the day of how that kind of comes to fruition. So that was really cool hearing what Ben had sort of written and how she told our story from like our words that were separately sent. Um, we also, my sister did her speech during our ceremony. So rather than, um, like a reading or something like that, we, I wanted her to speak, but we also wouldn't have had a a lot of time later in the day. So we just did it during the ceremony and I, it was so special. There was not a dry eye in the house and she just absolutely nailed it. And it was really, really cool. Um, the vows were something that really, um, we wanted to write our own own vows, but I think it surprised me how much they really stood out to me. Like Ben blew me away with the thought and effort that he put into it. Like I, I I'd tucked myself away for a few times, like leading up to the wedding and really worked on my vows, but I didn't really know what he would do. And he just said the most wonderful words. And I, I am so glad I've got copies of like everything that everybody said on our wedding day. So just it's the most special thing walking down from so after we had our ceremony it was kind of um some bubbles and things up at that top part of the venue but then we everyone sort of migrated down to the reception area where we had a marquee set up um and some games and that sort of began like the canapes and cocktail um hour and we had some live music there and that's like the first time I saw what the setup looked like for the first time and it just was so cool to see how everything comes to life um all together on the day with people and yeah I just just remember having like little excited squeals like this is so cool um and just really enjoying that time after the ceremony we decided to change up our timeline a little bit 
Um, and so I think we got married a little bit earlier and then after our ceremony we had about two hours with guests before we went away with photos and that was so much fun to be able to kind of enjoy that kind of chit chat time we were able to have a cocktail and some of the food um, and the music was playing so I think it was really important for us to have that time where we weren't rushed away um, obviously that depends on where you are and on a whole bunch of things um, but I think having that um, background of being a vendor I was able to roughly know sort of time frames that worked and like from a photography point of view shooting later in the day is better for light so we just kind of worked it around that I um, early on messaged Danelle and said look what do you think of this kind of timeline and we sort of collaborated on what would work um, from her point of view and working with caterers and things like that but it was really like really worth doing <laughs> I loved it um, so yeah we came back from photos and then was pretty much straight into like speeches and dinner and the speeches were just I feel like they're always such a highlight of a wedding it's where you really get to know like the couples on a super funny level usually uh, our bridal parties just <laughs> blew it out of the water and really nailed it um, our dads did both spoke and did really beautiful speeches but honestly like we got absolutely roasted um, for the most part and it was like this beautiful combination of like taking the piss out of us but also like the most beautiful words you could ever imagine. So we just loved the speeches um, and then following on a really epic dance party which was kind of, we just love, love a boogie um, and I remember walking away from the dance floor at one point and looking back and saying like, most of the guests on the dance floor we had an outdoor dance floor under kind of fairy lights with the DJ and he was so epic he like absolutely read the room and it was like this really cool mix of like 80s but a bit of like a little, little bit of doof and <laughs> just it, it was so much fun and our group of friends and things like we just get so excited um the boys always request Robbie Williams Angels and then they all take the tops off and get into a big cuddle. Um, and so that all happened and it was just a very, very fun time. <laughs> and we had a bit of a, um, <laughs> we went back to the venue the day after um, for like, we just invited everyone back there and had like a pizza truck um, and lunch there and a few drinks, but the dance floor was so filthy and like <laughs> covered in glass. <laughs> Oh, so good. It sounds like it was the most epic day. I love hearing all those um, special moments and so many cool details. You sound like a words girl like me as well, like really cherish all those special <laughs> words and it's cool to have like kept copies yeah. of that. Yeah, it just sounds like everything worked out perfectly. Was there anything that you found difficult about the wedding planning process or yeah, that you look back on and like regret or would do differently I mean sticking to a budget is really <laughs> really hard um and having to you know make calls on what you're willing and not willing to kind of compromise on and remembering um how to like what it what it is why you're getting married and that it what it's about um so that that can be a bit challenging I I think I felt lucky that I had some level of savviness with having been um kind of in the industry 
I, you know, I roughly knew what a photographer would cost and what to allow in a budget for a marquee and things like that. But I, I was still blown away and surprised about how things really added up and like we had everything d- did work out great in the end. And I think anybody would say that about their wedding, but it, there definitely were hiccups like the two days before our wedding, it snowed down there um, and we hadn't even thought about heating. And so like on the week of, we suddenly had to pay for heating to bring in gas heaters into the marquee. And we also, um, the forecast was kind of ever changing. We weren't quite sure what was going to happen there. So we um, last minute were like, shit, let's put the extra extension onto the marquee so that there's space inside if for a dance floor if we can't do it outside. And just little things like that ended up adding up um, and we weren't really like anticipating it so that was a bit challenging um ultimately don't regret it that's the vision we kind of had for the day um I think like in hindsight if we were going to go into it and really try and save on cost you would book a venue that had things all inclusive that you didn't have to like bring in tables chairs like we were like oh twelve dollars for a table is all good but then the linen, put, to put linen on it was really expensive and things like that. We just weren't, yeah, weren't across. So um, it's not a regret per se, but it's just that you learn things along the way that you would like then tell people that are getting married <laughs> and friends and things. Um, but I think the hardest part for me was probably around the dress and kind of the mindset that I had to put upon myself. Um throughout the wedding process to feel so that I gave myself like the best chance of feeling beautiful on the day and that that was like yeah probably the biggest challenge I had to do some like therapy around body image and like ensure that I was in a really good routine for me leading up to the wedding where I felt organized going into a week and um, was moving most days and things like that just so my mindset was really good um, and that I could yeah just try and give myself the best chance at feeling feeling pretty (laughs) um but I think yeah all of that stuff's quite easier said than done and I had two best friends getting married um we're all brides bridesmaids at each other's weddings and getting married around the same time and I I struggled to not compare myself um you know we're all really different um and yeah I just had to work on myself so that I wasn't trying to like benchmark myself against them and that's nothing on them they were they're just the most gorgeous beautiful people um but it did yeah bring up some things for me that I wasn't like super confident about and I had to work on so that felt good so lots of learnings (laughs) throughout that time oh that's so relatable I think most women will be nodding away there and um being a bride especially like there is this kind of pressure around it and you are sort of like the center of attention on the day and yeah we just all have like hang-ups about the way we look or how we feel in our own body so that is so relatable and um yeah that whole comparison piece as well like there's so much online and then yeah I guess did you ever feel any expectation from being quite a creative person and being in the industry as well like people were expecting your wedding to look a certain way or um yeah oh that's a that's a hard one um 
I almost think the expectation came from me. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm, I'm really thankful actually I'm not still in the industry now because I think maybe that would have been a bit of a thing, but I, I didn't feel that at all. Um, I haven't been in the industry for a good couple of years, so, but it was probably more the expectations that I put on myself. Like I can be, um, yeah, just a bit of a perfectionist. And I think, um, I had to really check in with myself at times to be like, am I doing this for the right reason? Like, you know, am I doing this for the right reasons? Do I need this? Do we need to spend the money on this? Um, there were a couple of decisions like that we ended up like not not doing some things because I was like, no, I'm being silly, not necessary. There are other things that like um, the accommodation that we stayed at, for example, was like definitely something that wasn't within our budget, but I just really fell in love with it and I thought if we're ever going to stay somewhere nice like it should be around our wedding and so I did some like side hustle freelance work on the side to pay for this accommodation so that we could like stay there and get ready there and I just thought oh it would look so beautiful for photos and all me and the girlfriends can do a slumber party in this room the night before and then Ben and I can spend two nights here after our wedding and so there's little things like that that yeah I I ended up doing and working a little bit extra so that I could do that but I don't know about the pressure thing maybe maybe subconsciously and um did you guys go on honeymoon straight away you stayed in Wanaka for a bit I guess everyone was kind of there having their little mini holiday break but um yeah did you go on honeymoon what did planning that look like yeah um we I think the day after the wedding we had like a bit of an event um and most people came to that or um, went and did things in Monaco around that day and then on the Sunday everybody kind of disembarked and went home and we just had a chill day on the Sunday it was my mum's 50th actually that weekend so we had like a family dinner for her 50th um, and then on the Monday we headed to Arrowtown which is like not a very far drive we just wanted to do something low-key um, and close that we didn't have to travel very far for and we I think stayed there for four days and we booked um like a some e-bikes and did the little winery route on e-bikes and um had a couple of meals out at some of our favorite places down there and just kept it pretty low-key it was a really nice time to just be together we loved reading through like the cards um and like opening gifts kind of trickled them um over those few days like we do a little bit each day and read special cards and things like that we also um last minute Alex who was our wedding coordinator um they managed to get an audio guest book that like I think was just opening up around the time and they were like oh do you want us to bring it along for the wedding um and so they sent us the video uh audio recordings at that time and we had so much fun listening to those (laughs) while we were away on our little honeymoon um but yeah, then we just headed home and kind of got back straight back into work. Um, and we just traveled sort of over winter. Um, we'd been saving to go to Europe. Um, we'd had a trip booked during COVID that we obviously didn't get to go on. And so our intention was always to try and travel again um, this year or next year. But we just had so many friends. I feel like all of New Zealand evacuated this year and went, went abroad. And um, we we just thought it was such a good opportunity to like do that alongside some of our friends as well so we worked really hard to um make that happen 
Elizabeth's, we literally got back from the wedding and we were like, work, 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 um, so that we could, you know, try and get away for the winter. And um, yeah, so we just actually got back about a month ago from our, we call it our technical honeymoon, but um, traveling around Europe, which was just so wonderful. Amazing. Such a good way to do it. Just have a bit of a relaxed break at home and then yeah um epic overseas trip a little bit down the track and can't beat Europe I mean I yeah it's so fortunate to be able to do it like it yeah it's one of our favorite things to do together is travel but it is definitely a luxury and um yeah just feel really lucky we were able to do it this year with friends and so special during the wedding planning process, was there any like helpful websites, apps, resources? I feel like you already had a lot of connections in the industry, but yeah, was there anything else you can think of that was helpful during that journey? Um, yeah, I think uh, Alex, our coordinator, shared this amazing Google, just a Google spreadsheet with us when we booked her in, and that kind of became our blueprint for um, kind of planning and budgeting because it had like a tab for what vendors you'd roughly need to think about booking in and then it had a budget tab and a timeline tab and so we just worked from that really to um plan that like and I found that really helpful um inspiration wise definitely an Instagram person um I probably spend way too much time on there but I also have bought every single issue of Together Journal since it came out and now yours is in it oh Oh, such the weirdest feeling. So, so cold. <laughs> but yeah, big fan of that magazine. It's just like the most beautiful curation of stunning events, but also it's so well designed that I just like buy it for my shelf. <laughs> um, so yeah, super cool. We, I think like the rise of wedding websites has been a real thing over the last couple of years, like post COVID. And I uh, ended up making my own because <laughs> so I was a bit fussy about like the final um how it all looked and things and I like that's what I do for a job so um yeah made, made a wedding website and then actually kind of sparked an idea to do like that as a little side business thing which I'm working on at the moment um so hopefully it can come to fruition at some point but yeah um those I'd say the spreadsheet is probably like uh, like go-to resource for just like being like all right what's next to kind of take off yeah google sheets or excel whatever it's a popular one but yeah having that so helpful for sure and maybe if you can talk from sort of your perspective having been a vendor and then also a bride if you have any advice that you would give to couples planning their wedding at the moment I actually have thought of a few things like so yeah that I've written down and hopefully some of these are helpful for people but um one of the biggest takeaways I think I had from being a photographer but also have now gone through that process myself is how important it is to book vendors in that you love and just then trust them to do what they do I just feel like it alleviates so much worry and stress if you've got great people behind you that you just trust are going to deliver and that you don't need to micromanage that process so that is like one of my yeah favorite pieces of advice because I used to love it when I was a photographer people booked me because they we connected and they might have liked my work at the time and then they just 
like trusted you to deliver it felt like it just was an awesome way to have a relationship so um that's what we tried to do and it was a very fun process one of the other things I I'm thankful for in hindsight is around like not leaving things to the last minute necessarily like I just um I'm very thankful that I was organized in that um time leading up to it that it meant I had brain capacity or space for if any curveballs came in on that final week like the heating or um you know the extension on the marquee or the weather or we just had the time to sit down and nut it out without stressing over it too much so I just felt like yeah if you can if you can like everybody's so different and that's totally fine um but it would be a piece of advice to try and have like most things kind of sussed in that week so you give yourself the best chance on the wedding week to just enjoy it there's a little like practical tip I have around timing or you know some timing elements but like I think having a background as a vendor did really help with how to plan out a timeline for the day um and one of those things is like buffer time is your best friend so some things that I see and heard a lot was like how quickly time flies when you know you might be cruising quite a lot in the morning getting your hair and makeup done but then suddenly you're getting dressed and suddenly you need to leave and I think just having really good buffer time particularly in that window where you're like wanting to get dressed you know I had to put boob tape on like I needed to allow time for sticking <laughs> sticking the boobs up <laughs> um you know the trip allow a bit of extra time in case the traffic's bad um just give yourself the best chance to have minimal fluster minimal stress and for me that is a lot around yeah adding some adding extra time into timelines um so I hope that's helpful for some people yeah one of the other things that popped to mind was around and I think people would say this often but how can you add meaningful touches that really reflect to you guys as a couple so um I think it's really like there's a lot of expectations that come when you're planning a wedding and it's quite nice to just be able to challenge those expectations and do what you feel will best reflect to you guys and I actually had kind of two experiences with this one was that like I probably naturally just wanted to challenge how things would be done but then I also kind of discovered there is a reason why things get done certain ways and that could be for cost or like logistical elements and stuff. So I had both sides of the things at play. Like I had when I did the dress thing by myself or had my sister do a speech during the ceremony and changed up the timeline and things like that to suit what we were wanting for the day. But then like initially I was like, I don't need a wedding cake. <laughs> and then about a month before I just like totally panicked and was like shit what if we don't have enough food and I got a wedding cake and so yeah I think I just had both scenarios of it but what I think is the point is that you are allowed to challenge what is normally done um and just because it's not the norm like doesn't mean it's wrong if it feels right for you guys so that's um one of the things I learned during that process and just a little tidbit from being an ex-photographer, but um, one, something I've always carried through and I used to say to friends that were getting married or getting photo shoots done is that um, you actually won't love all of the photos of you. Uh, we have had the best photographer, Danelle was so amazing and I just adored 
our images, but I still didn't love every single one. And there's just, it's an unrealistic expectation to think you're going to get a 900 plus gallery of images and think you look amazing. And everyone like they're, you know, we all have little things about ourselves that we're self-conscious about or we don't like, and you don't need 900 photos that you love. You just need a handful that are super special that you can make an album with or that you can yeah, show, show people. Um, and yeah, I know it's hard to get like caught up on images where you don't think you look great, but there are so many that you do. And yeah, that was just something I've learned over time. Amazing. That is, yeah, so much great advice. Thank you for sharing all of that. That is going to be super helpful for people to hear and um, yeah, implement in their own planning as well. So great. So what is married life like now? Do you feel like you got any post-wedding blues after the wedding? We um, <laughs> we had like, the, I've kind of alluded to it, but we've had like the craziest year of, I think we had six weddings over last summer. Um, and it was just like back-to-back celebrations. And then we kind of were head down, bum up trying to save to get overseas. Um, and we're also living with Ben's parents. so we kind of got back from the wedding and it almost just felt like business as usual and (laughs) it didn't feel much different to be honest the probably the weirdest part for me was um I was actually a bit unsure whether I would change my name or not so um this hybrid name phase was quite weird to get used to like at the time after the wedding I had decided to change my last name to Ben's name um but I'm almost still operating it's been like over six months and I'm still operating both names <laughs> so that's been a bit weird um but yeah we've come back from holiday um and now is probably the time where I think I'm feeling a bit like meh <laughs> to be honest like it's almost like this come down of a big year of like huge life events and things that we've been working towards for a long time and now that's all over so I've like yeah come back and I'm like oh what now so I've been, yeah, it's been a bit weird. Oh, it's so relatable and, yeah, it's almost similar, the post-wedding blues, the post-holiday blues of <laughs> just coming home and, yeah, what's next? Back to normal life, reality. Um, but, yeah, I guess we're going into summer now, so something to look forward to. I know. We've got a quite a, um, like, very low-key summer planned. The, like, Ben literally builds our house after work and in the weekends and so he's going to use the summer to try and get as much done I'm going to stain some cladding and paint our fences um so yeah it's just kind of a it'll still be good in its own way because it's working towards our home but it's just going to be look a little bit different and probably like yeah the excitement that we had for this year is kind of all of those events kind of passed we've got a couple of weddings coming up that are of good friends and family which will be really cool to have a little celebration in the mix there but yeah so good and then new home to look forward to eventually (laughs) amazing thank you so much for coming on the podcast today you've shared so much amazing advice and so cool for people to hear your experience is there anything else you wanted to add on at the end that we missed or yeah that you want to say to engaged people I mean, thank you so much for having me for starters. I I did like have a little thought that of a feeling that I got after the wedding, which maybe I don't know if anyone would relate to, but it was like 
it's a really cool sense of pride that you actually like, pulled something off that you guys like organized and then it was kind of like it's like a big thing and so we were a bit like fuck yeah <laughs> afterwards it was so much fun like it was so um cool hearing uh like the feedback from people like we would have Toronto be like oh like we just had the best time it was so much fun or like I actually loved hearing how people what their little highlights were or what how people enjoyed it so maybe that's something you don't really hear that often is that kind of yeah like it's you work so hard towards it you know whether that's saving or kind of that organizational aspect and I, I actually just had this yeah sense of pride afterwards that we'd pulled it off and we'd done it together and yeah so I think, I don't know, give yourself the kudos. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big thing. Yeah, so true. That's, yeah, such a good one. And I don't know, everyone talks about how it's this big build up and then it's just like one day and it's over. But then it's really fun just talking to everyone after and reminiscing and hearing little stories from them that you missed or, yeah, so that's cool. Um, something for people to look forward to after as well. <laughs>